All right. Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, January the 19th, 2017. Um, of course, everybody is focused on the inauguration of President-elect Donald Trump tomorrow in Washington, D.C., but this does not mean that the Nefarium has not been busy. There have been some very weird um in fact, the article that I'm going to be talking about today is just, it's blowing my mind, although it's one of those articles that's very low-key, but there's been a lot of geopolitical developments in uh, the last few days as everybody's concentrating on Washington and America and the inauguration. There have been geopolitical moves that are rather astonishing. I want to mention a couple of them. Uh, as kind of context for what I'm going to talk about tonight. And I might be blogging about these developments as well, but if I don't, I want you to be aware of them. First of all, there have been uh, joint naval drills now being proposed and planned between Russia and the Philippines. All right. The other development has been that the foreign and defense ministers of France and Japan have been talking about joint defense supplies, okay? In other words, Japan and France are looking at the emergence of deals for some technological exchange. So in other words, the geopolitical news is very, very strange. Obviously, Japan uh, rearming and talking to France, this is another counter-China move in the South China Sea, but the move of the Philippines towards Russia and now joint exercises means that this is going to be an interesting area of the world to watch over the next few years. So with that context in mind, I want to direct your attention to an article uh, written by Peter Corzon. And the title of this article says it all in a certain sense about the sweeping changes, almost breathtaking, that we've seen geopolitically in just the last year. I credit that largely due to the inept bungling policy, uh, foreign policy of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and the neocon neoliberals that have been in charge of this unipolar empire adventure that America has been on since 9-11, started uh, earlier than that, obviously, but 9-11 was really the catalyst. This article is titled, Emergence of a New Alliance, Russia-Turkey Joined Together Fighting Terrorists, and this comes under a little header that says, Turkey fights alongside Russia and Iran, unthinkable, a short while ago, and truly it was. But there are about five paragraphs in this article that when I read them, I thought, whoa, this is even bigger than simply a geopolitical alignment that has been taking place between uh, Russia and Turkey since the failed coup against Tayyip Erdogan. The extent of this rapprochement between Russia and Turkey is truly breathtaking, and it's spelling some implications for the long-term uh, empire's prospect, and by the empire I mean the USA, there are some implications here that are truly breathtaking if you stop and think about it. So I want to read five paragraphs here in this article. Quote, the alliance between Russia and Turkey 
has been getting increasingly close recently, especially after the two countries brokered a Syria truce in late December to join together preparing Syrian talks in Astana, Kazakhstan to take place on January 23rd. It does not boil down, and note, January 23rd is the Monday following the inauguration of Trump. So in other words, the geopolitical pressure is already on the incoming Trump administration. It does not boil down to Syria only. Listen carefully. Turkish President Tayyip Erdogan said that Turkey moles joining the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, or Shanghai Pact, abandoning the effort to become a member of the European Union. Turkey's SCO accession, Shanghai Cooperation Organization accession, would be a milestone development bringing together that organization and the Cooperation Council of Turkic-Speaking States, or the CCTS, an international organization of Turkic countries comprising Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Turkey. The international organization also functions as an umbrella body for all other autonomous collaboration mechanisms, like the Parliamentary Assembly of Turkic-speaking countries, the International Organization of Turkic Culture, and the Turkic Academy. Now, let me stop right there, because if Turkey is considering joining the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, essentially, folks, that's the BRICS block. That's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and I call it the BRICS block because you remember a couple of years ago, South Africa formally joined this organization. Now, Brazil has been sort of temporarily put on hold with the coup, quite literally, is the way I look at it, against the former Brazilian president, Dilma Rousseff, who had made uh, big plans and, and uh, joined the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. There's no doubt in my mind that the Brazilian Senate was the creature of the United States in overturning her government and putting her under investigation. But Turkey joining that cooperation organization would expand it dramatically, and this means that the rapprochement between Russia and Turkey is permanent. All right, this is not a fleeting thing. This is not a momentary alliance to deal with Syria. This is now a permanent feature, a long-term feature on the geopolitical landscape, not only in the Middle East, but in Central Asia. All right, let me continue. Turkey is in talks with Russia on purchasing the advanced long-range S-400 air defense systems to protect its skies. Hardly anyone but Russia could offer Turkey a better deal on air defense. It is widely believed that the S-400 is the best air defense system in the world. With Russia's help, Turkey could start the production on its own soil to greatly enhance its industrial base. Now notice this paragraph comes after the paragraph about Turkey joining the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. So I'm speculating here, but my bet is that this is the economic carrot and the military carrot 
that Russia is offering to Turkey to keep Turkey out of the EU and joining the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, giving Turkey some of the most advanced air defense technology in the world and allowing them to produce it under license in Turkey. That's a huge development, folks, and I'll tell you why uh, in just a moment. Continuing, Ankara also sees procurement deals in electronic systems, ammunition, and missile technology. General Halusi Akar, the head of the Turkish Armed Forces General Staff, visited Russia last November to discuss military cooperation. During the August 9th summit in St. Petersburg, Russia and Turkey signed a declaration on unprecedented partnership in the defense industry. The parties have also agreed to form a military and intelligence mechanism to coordinate their activities in the Middle East. So in other words, this is getting to the point that Russia and Turkey have agreed to sign a military, a, a more or less semi-permanent military intelligence mechanism. In other words, it's kind of like a mini NATO dealing with the Middle East. Now, why is all this significant? Well, first of all, You'll notice that Russia is now playing a very interesting geopolitical game. It's targeting specific issues in specific regions and coordinating its efforts with the regional powers in that region. In other words, this is not a grandiose, we're going to dominate the world, but we're going to go in and solve regional issues practically on a region-by-region -region basis. This is a template, in other words, I'm suggesting, that you're going to see emerge over the next 10 years very deliberately with Russia. Now, the real thing here to me that's interesting is not only Turkey joining possibly the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, but this development of Russia selling Turkey the S-400 air defense system and giving Turkey the technology and industrial plant to produce it on its own. This means, my friend, I think the, the beginning of the undoing of American domination of worldwide armament sales. And the reason why is, is several fold. In the United States, what we've seen with the USS Zumwalt, the F-35 fighter, which is now in huge cost overruns, it does not perform like they want it to, it still has several glitches, and it's nowhere near being operationally ready. And it already costs 400, I think, something like that, 40 or $400 billion per, per aircraft. All right, now, this means that the United States defense industry, with its emphasis on high technology and technological domination on the battlefield, is quite literally pricing itself out of the world market. Nobody else can afford these weapon systems to pay that kind of money for weapon systems that demonstrably do not work. In the meantime, you have the Russians concentrating on nuts and bolts defense technology that works and that's affordable so in other words, this is, I think, the key card that Russia is now going to start playing in terms of commerce and deal-making in Asia, in the Middle East, 
driving their defense sales and thereby bringing people out of the American orbit. The fact that they're willing to sell this system or even talking about it to Turkey, folks, is huge because they're selling a better system. It's probably a less expensive system than anything America has to offer. This has got to be having them burning the midnight oil in the Pentagon. And we've already seen Mr. Trump addressing in a kind of a roundabout way. I'm not playing, paying that much money for a new Air Force One and so on. So in other words, he knows that the United States is not getting the return on investment for the enormous amount of money that we're paying for these costly uh, defense systems. Now, beyond that, looking at a potential shift in the world armaments trade and therefore a shift in the alliance system in the world. Imagine now Western Europe looking at this development in Turkey. They're either going to have to rely on their own technology uh, and develop their own technology, and that means they actually have to start spending something on defense, or they're going to have to be continually reliant on American armament systems for NATO compatibility. Watch for this to become an issue now as Europe starts to debate whether it wants to create this European-wide army. And if not, watch the Germans start to do it all you know, on their own because that's what the European army is for, all right? Geopolitically, what we're looking at is a more or less, I think, long-term semi-permanent development. In other words, what I'm guessing at here is that the Western alliance, the United States, has, quote-unquote, lost Turkey, all right? Now, that doesn't mean that there still won't be cooperation between Turkey and the United States and so on and so forth. That will continue, but it looks to me long-term that Turkey's seen the handwriting on the wall economically and militarily and decided to cast its lot with the Chinese Silk Road project with the Brixa block and so on. The odd man out here, obviously, the big odd man out here, obviously, is guess who? It's the outhouse of Saud. It's Saudi Arabia. It's not even really the Israelis, although this is going to put tremendous pressure on them. But this, the odd man out here is Saudi Arabia. Uh, if I were the Turks, the Iranians, the Russians, the Chinese, I wouldn't want to deal with those people at all. All right. And that means that Saudi Arabia, I think, over the next few years is going to become increasingly dangerous, increasingly adventuresome. We've already seen this. And now the way that they're probably thinking in Riyadh is, oh, my word, the Russians are selling their best technology to the Turks and are going to allow them to produce it under license. Can we get any? And I think the answer is probably going to be yet. And that means they're stuck buying expensive, uh, costly American defense systems that may not be top of the line anymore. So this is a very interesting geopolitical development. Watch this one carefully. If you find Turkey joining the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, that will be a huge, huge clue. But it looks to me like all of the economic and particularly the defense technology agreements and intelligence swapping and sharing agreements are already in place. And that means, like it or not, folks, Turkey is gone. All right. So that's it for today's news and views. Watch those other stories. Uh, go dig into them. I think you're going to find them interesting. The Japanese-French 
meetings and the Russian Philippine naval exercises. That's it. We'll see you on the flip side, everybody. Bye-bye and God bless.